Hey there, it's Friday, February 3rd, 2023, and we have a lot of cannabis updates for you today, so get ready, because this is the M News Now. The marijuana industry is constantly changing with new laws, rules, and regulations. You need to know what's happening. We keep you up to date by bringing you the latest information on the marijuana industry. So get ready, because this is the M News Now. A White House representative says that they have no federal updates on safe banking issues for the cannabis industry. In the past, President Biden has said that he does believe the states themselves should be able to regulate cannabis without federal interference. And in the fall of 2022, President Biden announced federal pardons for cannabis charges, along with his request that the status of cannabis on the Controlled Substances Act be reviewed. But at the time, he did not address the issue of safe banking for the industry. Last week at a press briefing, NJ.com's Jonathan Salant asked the White House press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, if the president now has any plans to do something to ease banking regulations for the cannabis industry. The press secretary responded by saying, I don't have any new policy announcements to make from here. As you know, this is something that Congress is working on. And we understand that there's interest in legislation and action, but I would refer you to Congress. Because again, this is what they're working on. I just don't have anything to preview on any new policies from here. To date, Congress has not yet been able to pass any type of safe banking legislation. And with a new Republican-controlled House, the issue will have an even harder time getting passed. However, legislators in support of cannabis are trying their hardest to find a way to get it passed. Just last month, a group of bipartisan lawmakers from both the House and the Senate sent a letter to the president saying that in light of his recent pardons and rescheduling request, they would like him to formally show support for federal marijuana legalization. No response, though, has been given at this time. Two Senate sources spoke with Marijuana Moment and confirmed that Democratic senators, including Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, recently met to discuss cannabis legislation. The co-founder of Punchbowl News, John Bresnahan, seemed to also verify this when on February 1st he wrote on his Twitter that Senator Schumer will meet this afternoon with Senators Cory Booker, Senator Sherrod Brown, Jeff Merkley, and Senator Jackie Rosen to talk about cannabis legislation. Prior to that meeting, Senator Cory Booker had spoke with NBC News about their vision for cannabis reform and how to make progress in this new Congress. Booker said that they're realistic, and he added, You know, we've got a divided Congress, but we've got to work on something that can get done. And despite the partisan division, Booker does still believe that there's a chance that reform can get passed with the Republicans in control of the House. Booker said, it's certainly going to be harder, but not impossible. One Republican congressman is trying for his third time to have cannabis moved from its status as a Schedule I drug to the less restrictive Schedule Three status. Representative Greg Stubbe of Florida has introduced a proposal called the Marijuana 1-3 Act, which requests that the Attorney General complete the move within 60 days from the date the bill would be enacted. Cannabis advocates would like to see the plant completely removed from the Controlled Substances Act, as moving it to a lower tier would still require federal involvement and oversight, and it would cause chaos with regulations moving from state control to federal oversight. Representative Stubbe, though, believes that rescheduling to a lower level would be a great compromise, and it would help facilitate more cannabis research. Another benefit would be that if it were rescheduled to a Schedule Three level, Federal employees would be protected from loss of benefits over using cannabis. 
A Schedule Three status would also give tremendous financial relief to the cannabis industry because they would no longer be subject to the much-dreaded federal 280E tax code, which prevents cannabis companies from deducting normal business expenses. With the majority of Americans in favor of cannabis legalization, Representative Stubbe said in a press release that the Republican majority in the 118th Congress is working to make our government accountable to the people. Or in other words, he believes that they will work on truly representing their constituents and pass legislation that reflects that. In addition to this proposal, Representative Stubbe also filed a separate bill to protect veterans from losing benefits over the use of state-legal medical marijuana. A report by one of the top cannabis industry staffing companies gives insight into employee salary trends, as well as predictions for the industry as a whole in 2023. The 2022 Cannabis Industry Salary Guide, produced by Vangst, highlights this past year in the industry. It also includes salary information for more than 60 different positions all across the industry. The CEO and founder of Vangst, Carson Humiston, said, This year we saw salaries increase across the board. Companies continue to offer competitive benefits, and employees hit new milestones in their careers. The guide also pointed out that 2022 did see aggressive staff cuts by companies. And they say that some analysts expect that trend to continue into 2023. Vinks also predicts that acquisitions will continue as large multi-state operators attempt to move into newly legal states by quickly purchasing established smaller operations. The salary guide also said, We're seeing more and more cannabis professionals entering the industry or looking to make positive strides upward in their careers. That education is a common theme that continues to gain traction throughout the industry. Cannabis icon Willie Nelson will be turning 90 years old this April. And he says that part of the reason that he's still full of vigor at this ripe old age is due to his love of and use of marijuana. E! News' Francesca Amaker recently interviewed Nelson, who praised cannabis and compared it favorably over alcohol. Nelson said, well, it not only saved my life, it probably saved some other people's lives, because before I smoked marijuana, I was drinking a lot, and I might have killed a lot of people too. So I'm just glad that that didn't happen. Nelson will be showing off his amazingly robust health at age 90 when he headlines a two-day concert in Los Angeles in honor of his milestone birthday. The 10-time Grammy winner's concert will be called Long Story Short, Willie Nelson 90 and it will also feature another cannabis icon, Snoop Dogg. Nelson spoke about his long friendship with Snoop Dogg and recalled one instance in Amsterdam where Nelson said, Oh, we had so much fun trying to outsmoke the other one. Nelson's concert will be held on April 29th and 30th at the Hollywood Bowl in California. As the state with the highest population, California leads the pack when it comes to cannabis sales, and the state tax revenue reflects that having garnered more than $4 billion in taxes from legal cannabis sales. That all goes into the state coffers. But while the state is enjoying their cash windfall, the cannabis industry itself in the state remains struggling due to exorbitant cannabis licensing fees and taxes, as well as the fact that cannabis businesses are not allowed to deduct business expenses from their tax returns. All of this has led to the financial death of too many cannabis companies, and the departure from the state of multi-state operators. One of the brands that's pulling the plug on their California operations is Garcia Handpicked, which was created by the relatives of Grateful Dead icon Jerry Garcia. 
Garcia handpicked have now removed products from stores and they've ceased operations within the state. Cannabis consultant Andrew D'Angelo told the SFGate, This was a hard decision for them. They love California. They were born and bred here. This is very painful to them. I guarantee that. D'Angelo went on to say that the failure of a brand with Garcia's name attached to it is a worrisome sign for other cannabis businesses in the state. Matt Yamashita, who's the distributor of Grizzly Peak, told the Daily Mail, In the next 12 months, I think half the retailers are going to be in business. I think 80% of the people in the business will be gone. Part of the effect from that type of exodus of legal companies will be the inevitable growth of the illicit market. Amanda Raymond, a researcher for New Frontier Data, told CNBC, If one goes down, another just pops up. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has unveiled a budget proposal for health care that would include more funding for medical marijuana oversight. The suggested spending plan he proposed for the fiscal year 2023 to 2024 would include an increase in funding for the Office of Medical Marijuana Use. Florida's been struggling to keep up with the high demand for medical marijuana, and more funding would enable them to keep up with that pace. The proposal would increase the overall budget by just over $38 million, and it would also fund the hiring of 133 additional staff members. The Florida legislator will evaluate the budget plan during their annual 60-day legislative session, which begins on March 7th. And despite the governor's acceptance of the state's medical marijuana program, he has not changed his stance on recreational use. In the past, he made it very clear that he wants to prevent Florida residents from having access to recreational cannabis, even saying, not while I'm governor. However, a majority of Floridians do want it. A poll last year found that 75% of Floridians are supportive of legalizing cannabis for recreational use. To reach that goal of legalizing recreational use in Florida, one group called Smart and Safe Florida have just submitted enough signatures for a court review of the measure, which is the first step on getting that measure before voters on a ballot. That campaign to legalize recreational use in Florida has been mainly supported by TrueLeave, who's currently the largest medical marijuana operator in the state. So far, they've contributed $20 million to the cause. In 2022, Florida's Agriculture and Consumer Services Commissioner Nikki Freed filed a lawsuit against the federal government. She was suing to allow medical marijuana patients the right to buy and own firearms. The current federal law bans anyone who uses cannabis, even medical patients, from owning firearms and they can face felony charges if they lie about their marijuana use on the federal firearm application. Freed's argument was that the federal ban requires legal medical marijuana cardholders to choose between their health and their Second Amendment right. Unfortunately, U.S. District Judge Allen Windsor ruled against her case. Judge Allen had written that Florida's medical marijuana users are unlawful users of a controlled substance. Freed began the appeal process for that decision in November 2022. However, Now that there's a new Consumer Services Commissioner in office, Republican Wilton Simpson, he's chosen not to move forward with that appeal. On the upside, though, despite that state commissioner's office no longer being involved, the appeal will still be moving forward, thanks to the few remaining plaintiffs who are not a part of the government. On March 7th, voters in Oklahoma will be able to vote on State Question 820 which is on a special election ballot for the potential legalization of recreational adult-use cannabis. After failing to make it on the November 2022 ballot due to procedural setbacks, 
advocates are now strongly pushing for voters to get this passed on March 7, 2023. A report from the group Yes on 820 says that if voters do approve the proposed measure, Oklahoma would stand to make nearly half a billion dollars from the excise tax on adult-use marijuana sales within the first five years of implementation. That analysis was done by Vicente Saderberg LLP and the Oklahoma Cannabis Industry Association. They project adult-use sales would reach $1.8 billion over the first five years, and a proposed 15% excise tax would generate $484 million. Andrew Livingston, who's the Director of Economics and Research at Vicente Saderberg, said in their press release, Passage of State Question 820 would fuel economic activity, create jobs, and generate a new permanent stream of tax revenue for the state. Additionally, it can support a lot of critical government services that would otherwise go unfunded. It's hoped that the widespread support will be reflected in the polls by voter turnout this March 7th. In their November 2022 elections, residents of Missouri voted in favor of adult-use cannabis legalization. Now, just three months later, sales are beginning. That makes Missouri the fastest state to move from passing a measure to enacting it. The adult-use sales were actually set to begin on Monday, February 6th, but in a surprise announcement, state regulatory officials announced that they'd bumped up the date, allowing sales to begin on Friday, February 3rd. Customers can make their new recreational use purchases from one of the state's already existing medicinal marijuana dispensaries. In other Missouri cannabis news, Fox 2 Now has reported that the St. Louis County Planning Commission has just introduced a proposed bill that would include regulations for potential cannabis consumption lounges. The director of planning for St. Louis County, Jacob Trimble, said, While the county is unaware of any immediate plans for such facilities, we want to be prepared should an applicant come to us with a development application for such use. The Planning Commission will be discussing that issue in the upcoming weeks. In an effort to push things along, the State of Hawaii's Cannabis Industry Association Board released poll results which show that the vast majority of Hawaiians do want legalized recreational cannabis. The state does already have a medical marijuana program, but not recreational. The Hawaii Cannabis Industry Association's president said that the wide citizen support, along with a projected $81 million in tax revenue, is something that the legislators should take seriously. Devon Ward, who's a senior legislative counsel at the Marijuana Policy Project, recently pointed out that legal cannabis presents real opportunities for Hawaii to expand its economy and generate revenue. In January, two of the state's Democratic representatives, Jean Capella and Chris Lee announced that they'll soon be filing a bill which, if passed, would legalize cannabis for recreational use in the state. And there are hopes that with the newly elected cannabis-friendly governor, Josh Green, state legislators will be encouraged to get legalization passed quickly. There's no time frame yet for when that new legalization measure will be introduced, but it's hoped to be released within the first half of this year. Cannabis regulators in Colorado are asking the state legislators for help with keeping contaminated cannabis out of consumers' hands. Westward reported that despite laboratory testing requirements in the state for all retail cannabis, the process is not perfect, and some contaminated cannabis is getting through. During a recent Colorado House committee meeting, Representative Mark Snyder pointed out that the current enforcement mechanisms are rather lengthy and cumbersome. He said, 
We're worried that people have a lag time between the time a product is tested to be unsafe and the time it can actually be removed from the shelves and not be available to the public. According to the Daily Montanan, a recent hearing by the Montana House panel discussed several proposals concerning laboratories that test marijuana samples. Part of the newly proposed bill, HB 128, would transfer supervision over cannabis laboratories. Currently, they're supervised by the Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services. But if this bill passes, that oversight would be transferred to the Department of Revenue. The majority of those who are in Montana's cannabis industry were there to show support for the newly proposed bill. But there were some others, though, who questioned whether or not the Department of Revenue was the right fit for overseeing the laboratories. Ron Brost, who's the director of one of the four cannabis laboratories in the state, Stillwater Laboratories, spoke out on his concerns over safety, saying, Public safety is not, and never will be, a Department of Revenue priority. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates. And follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later. Later.